It's the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Monday, April 25th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is, oh my God, celebrating a second win, Russ. Been a long time. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello once again. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at R Miriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Flyers. You'll keep up to date on everything Philadelphia Flyers, our episodes, all that good stuff. You can also email us at lockedonflyers at gmail.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. We, of course, are going to talk about that game last night against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Another win. Lots of good things to take from that one. We are going to preview tonight's game against the Chicago Blackhawks and look at some of the similarities between our two teams. And then it's Monday. It's our favorite time. We get to name our nemesis of the week. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Podcast Network. All right, Russ. So suffice it to say, I think we can say without a doubt that this story of last night's game against the Pittsburgh Penguins was that kids line of Noah Cates, Morgan Frost and Owen Tippett. Yeah, no question. Um, They had a lot of jump. The uh, Penguins didn't have any real answers for it. Mike Yo's coaching was just like, keep throwing them out there. And for the most part, it was working. Like I I just thought the work ethic on the Penguins was not, up to snuff, but whatever, you know, for whatever reason, the kid line was definitely taking away their will. And when they scored the second goal, like that definitely damaged um, Pittsburgh in that game in the sense that they were just like, all right, you know, we're going to try out here, but they didn't go out of their way. They didn't play physical. There was, there were some elements missing. Mm-hmm. I felt like from the Penguins, but the Flyers end, Hey, these kids were taking it to them. They were in front of the net. They were deflecting the puck in. You know, Frost had a stick down on a play that I think on any other line in the Flyers, based on lack of uh, detail, would have missed a goal, but he didn't miss a goal. So, yeah, this line was good. And, you know, um, after after Frost and uh, Tippett spoke, I left because I wanted to get home for this. And in the hallway, I saw Noah Cates coming, and what I saw was – when all three guys saw each other, they high-fived each other in the hallway. Oh, I love that. And, and that's great because it's like, at least we know there's one line having fun on this team. Well, exactly. I think that's the bottom line here is you could tell that they were having a ton of fun out on the ice and that they were using their creativity and just playing their game, which is something that the Flyers just have struggled with that I think everybody else has gotten in their heads, not everybody else, but a lot of the guys have gotten in their heads so much that they're just overthinking everything. And these guys were just like, I'm going to let it rip. And the thing that made me, I think the happiest about it 
I know Noah Cates, and deservedly so, gets like the big kudos for this game with two goals and assists. The thing that playing with Owen Tippett and Noah Cates is Morgan Frost. He yeah. was able to let go too. You know, he had a goal and two assists in this game. And I just felt like this was finally the thing that was able to get him going in a really positive way that he was, again, playing to his strengths. He was winning battles. He was just doing all these things that I think, you know, he just had felt smothered for so long that this kind this line and, and playing with these new guys has just set him free in a way. Yeah, the, the confidence was flowing. I think Frost was the catalyst for the line. Um, he was making some amazing passes. His skating mm-hmm. was good. He was he was paying attention to every little detail. I don't think he um, he has felt this confident all season. I think for whatever reason, right now, it's flowing. So you could see when it is what he can do. And I think fans have to understand that because I know some of them expected bigger things out of Frost this year. But again, you never know when something is going to hit. But it does look like it's hitting for him now. And he's a lot more at ease. He's a lot more at ease on the ice. He's a lot more at ease when he's getting interviewed. It makes a big difference. It absolutely does. And I think that was pretty infectious on the team in terms of growing the confidence of the other kids that are out there. And I would say on the defensive side as well, I think Ronnie Adderd has shown some steady improvement. You know, he was struggling at Mm -hmm. first and I don't think he's a hundred percent there yet, but I do think he's made significant strides and he made some really impactful plays in this game, breaking up some Penn's chances. I think Hogberg continues to play a really solidly, you know, mindful game. Just a simple game. He Mm -hmm. plays a simple game and he's an easy guy to plug in there. Exactly. And so and it's giving him such tremendous experience to to build that confidence at the NHL level so he can come back and, and who knows what he'll do at camp next year. But I think this has definitely been good for his development. And again, I think Zamula is hilarious to me just because he's so obvious out there because he's big. But uh, I think that, you know, he was doing his thing out there as well, even though he wasn't maybe as noticeable as the other guys. I think that he didn't make any huge glaring mistakes. And again, he was just playing his game as well. No, he's a free spirit. Like he, um, there's a lot of good in, in Zamula's game. And for the most part, Sandheim had a good game. That play early on, though, he made a terrible decision. Yes. First period where he could have had an easy goal and then ran out of real estate and tried to pass it back to Nate Thompson. And, you know, I, I think everybody thought at that point, uh-oh, you can't squander this against the Penguins because you may not get another chance. Luckily, it didn't turn into that. Yeah, and that, that's a thing that I thought was also good about this game is that I did notice that at first. I felt like they had some zone entry problems mm-hmm. and zone exit problems in the defensive zone, just oh, making yeah. errant passes and the Pens would get a chance off it or at least get you know a secondary option there for them. But they recovered from these things, this game. And I know, like, the Pens did not have a good game, and they were struggling, and they couldn't make things connect. And I think they had problems getting the puck on the stick effectively a lot of times in this game. But I, I just, I also do want to give them Flyers credit for playing No, no, well. they deserve credit. They yeah. cleaned up their own mistakes, and that's really all mm-hmm. you could worry about. 
and they did that. The interesting thing to me was when Crosby finally scored, I noticed he had an earpiece in. So I'm assuming he was mic'd up for like TNT. Ooh, interesting. And because they did a blow up on the scoreboard showing him after he scored. And I immediately tweeted, well, there's no doubt he was going to score if he knew he was mic'd up for the game. Like I could Probably. just tell there was a little extra effort by him in that on that last. I think there was a power play goal. I think it was. Um, I just tell, could tell he put in a little extra effort there. Because he, you know, he knew he was on television. So if that's not the case, I don't know what the earpiece was there, but he had a black earpiece in his ear. So, all right. Well, unfortunately, Martin Jones did not get that shutout due to that Crosby goal, but he still had a tremendous game. Made really some good game. Excellent saves. And man, Louis Domingue. Sh- Louis Domingue. Yeah. Eh, not so well, good. There were a lot of shots in this game overall. It was 43 to 38 in the end, uh, Flyers up on shots. But the Flyers doubled up on high danger chances for on the Pens, 14 to 7 at 5 yeah. on 5. And it and wasn't that, that way tremendous. the whole game. It is. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that way the whole game. It definitely wasn't that way by the end of the first period. But then things really did change. So I give the Flyers credit. They deserve these back-to-back wins. And, you know, let's see if they can keep winning. Because, again, it's not going to affect the draft stuff. I know people are probably mad. They should not be mad. No, not at all. Well, speaking of potentially keeping on winning, there's another game tonight. And we will be talking about that game against the Chicago Blackhawks next. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports development, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from all our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So tonight, uh, we have our last back-to-back of the season. Hooray! We are facing the Chicago Blackhawks, and... You know, we have been talking on the show about you just want to let the chips fall where they may in terms of draft lottery positioning, and you want to try and win out for for various reasons. But if you are a person that is looking for the team to try and get the best percentage possible, this is an interesting game to look at because the Flyers and Blackhawks are in similar positions in the lottery percentage rankings. Uh, And so I think that this could have some implications, very minimal in the grand scheme of things. Again, the percentages are pretty close, but it could have some implications there, even though this pick ultimately will go to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Right. Uh, I would say, you know, if fans want to look at it that way, they, they certainly can, but like these teams are going to try and win. They're both diminished to some degree, but the Blackhawks still have Patrick Kane. And, you know, when he's on the ice, he could still kill you. Um, Flyers fans know about him. So I, I can't pull too much from it. Alex DeBrinket still has 45 goals. He's going, you know, he's going to look for 46, seven and eight. Right. So both teams will still try and win. Yeah. They do have similar strength of schedules uh, riding out the season as well. And there's, no chance that 
either of these teams, or I think Seattle, for that matter, are going to catch Montreal or Arizona for those top no. two percentage positions. So again, I think ultimately it's better for the Flyers to win out if they can. Uh, but you're right. The Blackhawks are in a pretty similar situation to the Flyers overall, despite having those talents like Patrick Kane and Alex mm-hmm. Frankett. They are 2-7-1 and one in their last 10. Uh, they lost to the Sharks and the Kings. They won in overtime versus the Coyotes. Uh, that's what their last three games have looked like. And there really, again, are a lot of similarities, I think, in terms of where the Flyers are right now and where the Blackhawks are right now. And one of the things that we have been lamenting with this team is in the occasions where the Flyers do get out to a lead, they are very easily losing (laughs) that lead. Oh, yeah. It's in in the next period. And the Blackhawks have had a very similar problem. And prior to their most recent game where the Blackhawks never had the lead against the Sharks, they had had 14 straight games with blown leads and the only wins they got in that stretch were via an overtime game or a shootout game so that is pretty bad it's bad they can't lock things down they're you know they have seth jones but their defense still isn't great their overall team defense is a problem i would say that their top guys are better than the flyers top guys yes but then the flyers are better in the bottom six like that's i think that's the difference I think so, too. And if you even dig into these numbers a little further, you know, it does seem like the Flyers are are blowing these leads and are allowing a, a lot of chances when they're up. But the Blackhawks are much worse than that. If you look at score effects, when the Blackhawks are holding a two goal lead, I think they're allowing like 20% more shots against versus the Flyers are like at nine or 10 more. So yeah. uh, it, it's pretty brutal, pretty brutal. And I think that could you know create opportunities here. And I don't know if it's like similar sides of a magnet going up against each other. You have your negative against be. your negative, but like that no team will want to lead in this game <laughs> at all. But I do think that, if the Flyers, especially the the young kids who are trying to take advantage of these last few games, are shooting more, that will ultimately help them in this game, you know, and in getting used to the NHL mm-hmm. style as well. Yeah, I mean, again, Chicago's got toughness. Their goaltending, it's about the same as the Flyers since losing Flurry. So you're right. If they can create more opportunities they can win the game, but they're coming off a back-to-back. They are. So, you know, they will be tired, but hopefully, again, with these younger legs in this game that have some incentive, we could see you know, some, maybe some breakout opportunities from Bobby Brink, from Ronnie Adderd, from Noah Cates. I, I think that this will be a really good game for them as well, especially, I think, like you said, with the Blackhawks having a much weaker bottom six, I think those matchups will give the Flyers a little bit of chance uh, to to have those those better chances. They do have a little size at the center position, though, with Kirby Doc and Dylan Strom. And so that's, you know, that's where the Flyers are going to have to really be on their game. But otherwise, I think you're right. The other thing you have to look for is you got to make sure the kids aren't um, puck watching 
when Kane's out there because that's an that easy thing true. to do. I mean, we, you know, you could say it and say, oh, no, no, they're professionals, whatever. There's still something about when Patrick Kane's out there doing Patrick Kane things that you have to really try and not pay attention to that and stop them. But it's hard. It is hard. It's hard, especially on the road. Yes. So uh, there's one more similarity that I thought was really interesting between the Flyers and the Blackhawks right now, and that both teams have an interim coach. Derek King was brought on in November to replace Jeremy Colaton, who was fired when they got off to a really awful start. They were like one and nine at the at the beginning of the season and the way that the Blackhawks have chosen to hire coaches especially for an interim uh, is to promote their AHL head coach which the Flyers did with Scott Gordon uh, remember when Dave Haxtall got fired but ultimately decided not to keep Gordon in that position whereas the Blackhawks kept their AHL coach and right. Derek King is obviously a longtime NHL player. Then he was a player coach for a while, got some player development experience in the AHL, uh, but has struggled a little bit uh, making that transition to more of a head coach. And he's learning on the job. Whereas Mike Yo, uh, coming in as an interim, was a former NHL head coach who was an assistant coach for the team. And I just wonder, given where that both of these teams wound up in similar positions. Can we learn anything from the approach to replacement coaches between these two franchises? I mean, we could learn that most of the time it doesn't work. Um, we could <laughs> learn that most of the time it's just a Band-Aid, Andrew Burnett aside. Mm -hmm. We could learn that most of the time these guys don't necessarily have the ears of the veterans and especially the ones that are out the door in, in a couple of weeks. So I think similar to the Flyers, I think the Blackhawks will probably be on a coaching search too. And so I think both teams will be on that same footing the minute the season ends. Yeah, and I do wonder about that in terms of these two teams competing for available coaches. And do you think they'd be looking for a similar style coach? I do, because I do think... Ultimately, at their core, they want to play similar hockey. If you look at the guys they have, they can't get rid of certain guys either. They may not even be able to get rid of Jonathan Taves, right? And he's the mm -hmm. one that's really not the same since his illness, whatever that may have been. So they have to bring in somebody that's got to like work with these veterans, has to bring along youngsters that they're going to bring up, and they're not as deep as they used to be, so that, that's a problem. So they're almost identical. Yeah, and that's where I wonder for the Flyers, you know, obviously we don't know what they're going to do in the offseason yet, but we're hoping that they either buy out or are able to trade JVR. And right. like the veteran presence is going to be like Kevin Hayes and then maybe Scott Lawton, Travis Konechny is, and Sean Couturier or like your other sort of veteran core players. Well, Provorov uh, will be there too. Proby. I don't think he's getting oh, yeah. yeah, I don't true. think he's getting traded. That's true. And Sandheim is getting to be. He's getting there, but he's not steps, quite there he's not, yet. Yeah, exactly. So it's, and then we'll have a bunch of young guys and maybe who knows who. Chuck and we left Ryan Ellis out on purpose because we, we just don't know. We don't know. 
So I think that there will be a need for the Flyers' next coach to have a balance of dealing with some veterans who maybe haven't reached their full potential collectively and have to bring on young players. And that's a difficult balance. It is a difficult balance. And it's the kind of balance you have to have when you have a team that's capped out year after year, like the Blackhawks, like the Flyers. And then you're trying to mix young talent and aging talent. It's not ideal. It's not what you really want to have in this league, Um, but they do. And so I think you both, you know, neither team can go with a younger kind of unproven coach. And not that Derek King's that, but he's probably more unproven. He's not young, but I think they have to go with bigger names because I think that's the only kind of guys that are going to be able to sort of like shovel through some of that. Right. And so I think both of these teams might be competing for some of the same coaches in the offseason. So we'll see how that plays out. But in the meantime, we have a game to look forward to tonight and hopefully we'll get uh, some kids to shine out there a little bit. That's the hope. All right. We're going to name our nemesis of the week coming up next. And I just gave you a little hint there of what it might be. But first, we're going to talk to you about Built Bar. And by now, you should know how much we love Built Bars. But Bill has more than just protein bars. Have you tried their puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat. They have some incredible flavors like cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. All Built Bars, including those puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. If you go to Built.com, you scroll down to the macros chart, you're going to be blown away. They're high protein and low calorie, high fiber and low carb. Built Bars generally contain about 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, but 17 grams of protein. If you get a candy bar, that's going to have 240 calories, a ton of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And the regular bars have tasty flavors as well, like raspberry and cherry barcia. They've got new flavors coming out all the time. They're all about the taste. They make it delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, Russ, it's that time again. I'm so excited. We always name our nemesis of the week on Mondays. If you're newer to the program, we look at the hockey landscape, what's going on for the Flyers for the upcoming week and say, who is our enemy or frenemy, as the case may be, for this upcoming week? And uh, last week, I talked about Canada a little bit. Uh, because we were playing the Habs and the Leafs last week. You talked about your allergies, which are still a problem for Still a problem a week later, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's just been brutal out there. So continuing nemesis is uh, pollen. But for this upcoming week, for me, I think the nemesis is the Flyers' ability to finish out strong. And in this last week, we're facing the Blackhawks tonight, and then we've got the Senators and the Jets as the remaining opponents for this season. And I think against these teams, none of which are in playoff contention. Uh, So this is all for show, essentially, with these teams. And so let's get opportunities for our young players 
to step up and show what they can do. Let's have our veterans finish out strong and know they have a ton of time off. So let's like, let's do the best we can this week. And I don't know if the Flyers can do that. And that's why I'm saying it's a nemesis. Like, can they finish mm. out strong? Yeah, I'm going to say something similar, but in a different way, I'm going to say complacency um, would be mm. the nemesis. Complacency from the team, from the media, from the fan base, knowing that the season is going to end, knowing that the playoffs are going to start. Don't take your foot off the gas. Media, don't stop asking questions. Don't stop digging in as to what the team's offseason plan is. Keep asking. Keep at it. Keep the fans engaged because otherwise it's going to be very easy to lose the Flyers fans over the summer and getting them back isn't going to be the easiest thing, also depending on how far the 76ers go in the playoffs. So this is a, a pivotal offseason, really, for the Flyers keeping their fans engaged, media keeping their fans engaged, and us too. Exactly. But I, I do think we're going to get a lot of clues about that in the season-ending press conferences, will be, which will be coming up you know, either next weekend or very early the following week. And based on what Chuck Fletcher has to say, hopefully we'll hear from Dave Scott as well. We're going to hear about all those mystery injuries, except for probably Ryan Ellis, because that's the way of the world. He's not even around. He wasn't in the team picture. He's not around. We just don't even know. Nobody has taken a photo of him. You would think TMZ would have a picture of him. Anyhow. Right. Well, my point here is that we're going to learn a lot more details than we have known up until this point about what's going on with some of the players as we do every year. And that's kind of how the NHL works in terms of, of that. But with locker clean out, I think it'll be very telling about those exact things you're talking about. How are they going to stay engaged? What are they going to do to look forward as opposed to dwelling on the past of this season, but also learning from this past season, right? What mistakes were made and what can they, they do moving forward. And so, yeah, there, there is a lot for them to answer for and a lot of people to answer to at this point. We remember last season where Chuck Fletcher said, that's, I don't ever want to live through a season like that again. Well, I think he kind of did, and it might have been a little bit worse. So, And it's worse. So how is he going to answer questions about that statement that he mentioned last year? I th- I'm sure there will be questions to that effect. And I think this week upcoming is how do you put evidence forward that he is the right guy to move them forward? How do you put evidence forward that there's some hope with this team, with some of the guys out there? And that's what I'm looking for is let's give some little nuggets of hope for this team and these young players for next season and that our nemesis next week can can be something a little bit lighter. There you go. All right, we're going to wrap up with our fun thing. And this is not Flyers related, but definitely hockey related and important in the in the hockey world. Uh, of course, Guy Lafleur passed away recently, who is an absolute legend for the Montreal Canadiens. And, you know, one of the greatest to ever play the game of hockey, well known for his scoring as well as his blonde flow in the helmetless days. 
Yep. And uh, Locked on Canadians, our, our friends over there who we've had on the show several times, we love Scott and Laura, uh, did a wonderful bonus episode on the Locked on Canadians feed to uh, eulogize Guy Lafleur and just talk about all their favorite memories. So if you're a fan of hockey, a fan of Guy Lafleur, uh, we would suggest you listen to that as well. So there'll be a link to that in our show notes. That's nice. All right, that will do it for today's show. We'll be back again tomorrow. We're going to see if the Flyers were able to persevere against the Chicago Blackhawks. We're going to talk about the Phantoms uh, getting close to wrapping up their season as well. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at LockedOnFlyers, or you can email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen locked on NHL. It's all the news and insight from around the league from our NHL hosts, including team spotlights as we head into the playoffs. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.